Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful presence of God and His Spirit is in this house. His name is wonderful. You could go on with a bunch of adjectives and add to that song. I'm so glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. If you're streaming live with us and you cannot be here, I'm glad that you're able to leverage technology and not miss the powerful move of God. Praise God. Praise God. We live in an amazing country. Although our country may not be perfect, at times there's unrest, there's turmoil, but tomorrow marks a memorial. Remembering those and honoring those. Amen. Memorial Day is a federal holiday in the United States for the mourning of the U.S. military personnel who have died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. And I thank God that we have liberty and freedom. And I'm going to add a pastor's comment, comma, and salvation for all. In the United States, that's true. We don't have to worship underground, covert operations to try to sneak a Bible. A lot of those prices have been paid because of Memorial Day. And so today I stand as a church leader, as a pastor, honoring and recognizing and remembering those that have brought us to where we are. I'd like us for a moment to just pause for a moment of silence and ask God's favor and blessings upon these families that have lost people so that we could stand on any given Sunday, any day of the week without fear, without a watchman on the wall so we're not stormed by the authorities. This is America, and I'm forever grateful. Let's pause for a moment. Thank you for honoring my request and honoring those. Tomorrow's a special day. A lot of times family barbecues and I bless all that, but I don't want the meaning of it to get lost between hamburgers and hot dogs. God bless America. Amen. If you were with us last Sunday, let me just show you 
The gentleman in the red shirt is Joe. And somewhere in your life is a Joe. That is seeking and wanting information about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark mentioned it. I'll be preaching about it next Sunday in particular on Pentecost Sunday. But I'm going to ask you this week to find your Joe. The name will be different. The look will be different. But the hungry, sincere heart will be the same. Do everything you can next Sunday to bring that person. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost will fall next Sunday. People will be refilled. And people will be filled for the first time. The only challenge is, like in the Old Testament, Brother Foster, we've got to have empty vessels. And I appreciate God for all of you and your experience. And if you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I thank God for that. But it's not just for us only. It's for anybody in your life. So please, let's do what we can do. It is called Pentecost Sunday. And ironically, or divinely, we are Pentecostals. So this is our Sunday. Can I say we own this? We were made for this. We were birthed from this environment. 2,000 years later, God's going to pour out His Spirit again next Sunday on Pentecost Sunday. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 23 and verse 11. One scripture, just a few words, and I'll preach to you. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Often the things of the kingdom are opposite than the things of our world. The writer said, you want to abound, you must be abased. You want to be great, you must be a servant. And somewhere in the word of God, he flips society upside down and the thinking is opposed to the masses. And he says, if you want to be great, then you shall be your servant. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. Stop acting like you live twice. Stop acting like you live twice. Heavenly Father, again, I step behind a sacred desk and pulpit, speaking into the hearts of the future and eternity of people, God. I come prepared. I come humbled. But I'm asking, God, that every distraction in our mind, soul, and spirit would be held at bay and put off, and that we would lean into the Holy of Holies in your voice, the future for our life, the next step, the next frontier. I pray, God, that you would speak with clarity, precision of speech into every heart and soul, everyone that's streaming today. We offer up holy hands and hearts. Be with us, I pray. If you receive it, shout back amen. 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 God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. Stop acting like you live twice. I know it's a little old school, and I've preached it before, and it's outdated. 
the initials that went around YOLO, you only live once. I think the implication, the connotation is just do whatever you're going to do because you don't get a second pass at life. If it feels right, do it. If it don't hurt anybody else, do it. Who cares what people think? Why? Because you only live once. Go get what you want to get. Do what you want to do. Come and go. Involve these people. Exile these people. Why? Because you only live once. My message title this morning is probably actually the opposite. Stop acting like you live twice. I've seen over the years that there is a tendency to coast the longer that you serve God. The more that you know, the more you think you already know. And it's people that are living for God and they get in a, what I'm going to call a humdrum or a cadence or a rhythm of just serving God. One person said, you go through the gymnastics of being a Christian. It's easy. We clock into the gym. We know our routine. You go to the treadmill. You do a little bit of weight. You do a little bit of lifting. You go out and you sit down at the donut shop and you... Come on, somebody. I'm almost preaching right now. (laughs) Or if you're just an A-type personality overachiever, you skip the gym and just go straight to the donut shop. Why waste time? (laughs) Hey, you only live once, right? But the longer that people live for God, in my assessment, the more casual you can become. It's like with anything, when it's new and it's fresh, the glitter and the luster and the glow and the excitement is there. But The longer you are associated with it, the less ambitious you are is to do the way you were when you had it or first received it. And I'm here to preach to some people to tell you to stop act like you are living twice. You don't get two passes in life. You don't get a rerun. You don't get a repeat. You don't get to start over. There is no reset button in life so you can say, hey, when I'm 21 again, I'm going to do it this way. And when I become smart, when I hit 30, then I'm going to do life this way. My friend, if you have passed 21 and 30, there's no going back to those, na- those numbers. There's no going back to that station in life. And so uh, my assignment this morning is to inspire you and to motivate you and to give you reason to step up and do something in the house of God and the kingdom of God because God is expecting his church to continually move forward regardless of what is happening in the day and in some instances regardless of what is happening in my life. If my relationship with God and my connectivity to the house of God was tethered to what is going on in our lives, my relationship with God would be a little rocky and it would be a little up and down. But I'm here to declare to you, my friend, that no matter what happens, that we're going to love God and we're going to serve God. We're going to get up on a Sunday morning and come to the house of God. Why? So we can feel the presence of God, to hear the word of God from the man of God around the people of God. Why? Because I have purposed in my life that nothing shall separate me from the love of God, not depth, not height, not. So I'm not going to act like I live twice because there are no repeats. There are no resets. I'm going to keep moving forward. But maybe you're here this morning and you get a revelation, a illumination of what I'm preaching. Let me just help you here. No matter where you are in life, no matter the station, no matter your age, you can always start to do something fresh for God. You are never too young, people, and you are never too old. But you are always living and breathing. So whenever God speaks, that is the time to step up 
and to move forward to do something in the house of God. Human nature has a tendency to let others feel the need and do the work. We conclude that it will get done. We conclude they always seem to find a way to figure it out. We conclude that it seems to be working fine, so why do I need to get involved? Well, I'm here to reject those thoughts and to debunk those. No, we need people in the house of God. You need to be serving in the house of God. Why? Because there's something about serving, something about pride of ownership. You say, hey, this is my church, and at my church, my kids are here, and at my church, they do VBS, and at my church, and when you take ownership, there's a little more intuitiveness in your spirit to do something to help your church so stop acting like you live twice the truth is that 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work in business this is called the Pareto principle that he had this principle and the Pareto principle states that there are many outcomes roughly 80 percent of the consequences and i quote come from 20 percent of the causes. It's also known as the law of the vital few. It's true in business. It's true in politics. It's true in church. So pastor, are you saying that according to the Pareto principle with a spiritual layer, you would assume that 20% of the people make the wheels on the bus go round and round? Yes, I would say that. And it's not even really an assumption because that's the way life is. Again, I'm not here to criticize people. I'm here to motivate people. I'm not here to be a naysayer. I'm here to bring some positive outlook into your life. But I understand as a pastor and that my assignment this morning is to reverse the percentage of the Pareto principle and that 80% will serve And 80% will give back. And 80% will contribute to making the house of God a better house. Can someone shout amen? Amen. And I understand that the best place to start is right here. Here's the best place to start. The value you bring to the marketplace is the starting point in your ministry. Now let me unpack that slide for a minute. I'm preaching to some very highly successful people this morning. I'm preaching to some people that have schooling and degrees. I'm preaching to a host of people that make well over six figures. I'm preaching to some successful people that pretty much have life figured out. And you've done well. And you're on the right trajectory because God is in the mix of who you are and who you're family is. And so the reason I bring you this thought this morning is to help you to stop acting like you live twice. Again, you could be a young person starting your first job at a part-time wage, or you could be a retired person that I'm preaching to this morning. I'm preaching to everybody in between and those also. But I want you to understand that the house of God needs people to be successful. The house of God needs people to serve. And I think just as importantly in my mind, 
mind as a human being, I need the house of God to serve. I need to be validated. There's a self-worth in me that, yes, I can bring value to the marketplace, and yes, I can bring value to the ministry in the kingdom of God. And so the purpose of my slide is to help someone here today. Whatever you bring to the marketplace, whatever you bring to the secular world, that you need to consider pulling up to the table of God and bring them those values and that skill set and that talent. And if we bring our resources together, somebody, listen to me. If we'll pull our resources together, our strength, our love for God, our skill set, our talents, our disciplines, and we bring those together, there is no devil in hell that can stop the move of the church of the living God. When we believe that we've been earmarked for ministry and I've been anointed and God's blessed me in the world, guess what? He's going to bless me abundantly in the kingdom of God, providing I don't hoard my blessings. And so, yes. The way this came about is because I assessed my own life. And years ago, I promised God I would never shortchange the value to the kingdom of God to what I bring to the marketplace. My actual goal, I work hard at exceeding my market value and exceeding that in the kingdom of God. And so I want to challenge somebody to do something that, yes, I have already done. I'm not preaching to you theory. I'm not preaching to you textbook. I'm preaching to you as a living example among you. When you bring your heartbeat and your passion and the direction in which your life is going and you segue and you tether up to the foot of Calvary, come on somebody, and you realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I only live once. I'm not going to act like I'm living twice. I'm going to do something for God regardless of my age, and God's going to bless my efforts. And when he blesses my efforts, watch me now, he blesses the kingdom of God. It's what I would call reciprocal. No, I don't know how to spell it, but I know what it means. It comes back around. When I give to God, God gives to me. There's a marriage, there's a partnership, there's an understanding that we come together and who I am as a person, whatever personality you have, bring it to God. Pull up to the table and God say, here I am. If you can use anything, God, you can use me. What do you have to offer? I don't know, but I have time, I have energy, I have intellect. Somewhere in the kingdom of God, I might be valuable, I might be useful. Why are you acting like that? Because I don't live twice. There's no reset button. I can't go back into my 20s and relearn. I can't go be 30 again. Life is moving at warp speed, and I don't want to miss the call of God in my life. So the best starting point is the value you bring to the marketplace is the starting point in your ministry. Ask yourself, does my contribution to the marketplace Match my contribution in ministry. Now, a little disclaimer here. Brother Savage, Brother Townsend, Brother Gustavo. If you say, I'm retired, I don't bring nothing to the table of the marketplace, so I don't need to bring nothing to the table of God. (laughs) Don't be twisting my words now. There's a a couple of you guys that got to watch you. I'm retired. I lay around all day, so I, I can't help in the... no. You can give me 40 hours a week now since you're retired. How about that, somebody? Come on. I'll take all your 40 hours you used to give to Egypt. I mean the marketplace. So let me ask the question again. Does my contribution to the marketplace match my contribution in ministry? 
Assuming the Pareto principle is correct, 80% of us would say, no, it doesn't. As I've mentioned, my objective is to reverse the Pareto principle, to crush the law of the vital few, and to show you that there is a joy in serving and volunteering in the kingdom. It's what I would call the joy of the second mile. The gospel, he says, that when you do this, this, and this, go the second mile. Give them your coat. Give them the water. Give them your shoes. And there's a principle there that we get excited and it preaches well. But when I'm put in a position to go the second mile, am I naturally going to go the second mile? Or do I find excuses why I can't contribute or I can't do it? Well, I would give them my coat, but... I would go down and help them, but, and we fill in the blank and we disregard the gospel of the parable of the second mile. And so I'm purposely trying to bring some value to your life. Why? Because you only live once. So stop acting like you live twice. We all get one pass in life. There are no repeats, and we only live once. Henceforth, my title, Stop Acting Like You Live Twice. There's times now that we need to be involved in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, it's like the pride of ownership. You can go through any neighborhood in the Temecula Valley And I could probably point out which homes are owner-occupied and which homes are renter-occupied. You can drive around and you can tell in any probably cars, hey, which ones are owners and which ones did the kids drive that their parents let them drive to high school. There's something different about the pride of ownership because you realize the value of what you are stewarding or what you are shepherding. And so when God refilled you and filled you with the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God in me with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and when I was baptized in the name of Jesus and my sins were washed away, what is that? That is God getting me ready to serve and to make a difference in the kingdom. I think every one of us would love to make a difference in the world. And that's why we go and we take jobs and we get degrees and we pursue things. And there's a lot of noble things out there in humanitarian situations. They're wanting to make a difference in the world. I like the quote from Steve Jobs when he says, it doesn't have to be big to make a difference in the world. And so maybe your contribution to this earthly kingdom. It's easy to get all pumped up and excited about over yonder ways in the kingdom. Take myself back a few years and we used to sing, won't we have a time? Mm, When we get over yonder, we're going to sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder. Excuse me, what about when you're over here? Who wrote that song? (laughs) We're going to make a difference while we're here. We're going to contribute. We're going to connect. We're going to recommit. 
That's the whole point of my message this morning, my friend, is to tell you life is slipping away. And once you get out of high school, my friend, it's on warp speed. We look back and realize the runway ahead of me is shorter than the runway behind me. And where did all the time go? And how did it slip through my hands? What am I going to be judged on? What I do for Christ will last, my friend. I'm not saying neglect and abandon all your dreams and just go off and be a hermit. I'm saying put another layer on, hey, I've come to serve God. I'm going to make a difference. You can count on me. I have these disciplines. I have this skill set. I have this talent, and I'm not going to hoard it for financial reasons and a paycheck. I'm going to bring it to God because I know God gave it to me, and any given day, any moment, my skill set can be stripped away, and my life can change, and I'm not going to wait till something crashes before I realize, hey, I'm going to bless the kingdom of God. Oh, someone shout amen. Amen. So what are you asking me, Pastor? I'm asking of you to dedicate to dedicate your skill set and your resources to the kingdom and realize and understand that it's with dedication that's where it starts. You see, I'm dedicated to learn Spanish. In an hour and 17 minutes, I'll be preaching next door in Spanish. Solamente en español, español no English. In total, the culto is going, is, is going to be, see how English slips in? In Espanol. Se habla Espanol? Ustedes? Okay. Pero a la doce media hoy. Yo predicando en Espanol. Pero un problema en mi cabeza. Estoy muy nervioso. Perdón, un grande problema en mi cabeza. But I'm going to do it. Pero, I'm going, I'm going. I don't know that one yet. I don't know I'm going. Exactamente. Dicen otra vez. Because I'm dedicated. And if you're going to live for God and serve God, you may not have it all put together and figured out, and you may not be honed in on what you're doing. But it starts with dedication, and that dedication is to God and Calvary. No matter how how tall the mountain is, I'm going to climb it, Brother Tony. The terrain and the weather doesn't matter. Why, Brother Foster? Because I'm dedicated. And I'm calling on people to get dedicated to the house of God and the things of God, that we must reset and refocus and serve with gladness to which God will empower you. But it starts with dedication, my friend. You've got to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to quit squandering it away. I'm going to quit pushing it off. I'm going to quit saying next week, manana, manana. I'm going to quit saying next month. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start. I'm going to dedicate. Pastor, the Lord spoke to me in your message, and I'm part of the 80% that has been sitting around, when I know I could bring value, there's a joy in serving, my friend. You know what there is? When you create something or you make a difference or you see something through, the joy and the satisfaction that you get, knowing, hey, I was a part of that. When that took place, I contributed to that and I helped do this and there was a self-worth that came over me. It's the same way in the spirit, Brother Foster, that when I give to God and God blesses it and we see we made a difference, we helped somebody, we made something better and I was a part of making 
making it better on God's earthly kingdom, somewhere in my mind, in my spirit, I got to say, you know what? God is pleased with you. God is happy with what you're doing. But if I'm laying back and I'm giving 80% of the excuses why I can't do that, then I'm saying, hey, I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm asking you to step up and to get up and see what God wants to do through you. Probably most of us are smart enough to know what God wants to do through us. It's not mystical. It's not out there in outer space. It's pretty simple. We know the value that we could bring, but there's things and there's barriers and there's obstructions that stand between us and the dedication. I'm here, my friend, to strip away those barriers and obstructions and say, hey, God's speaking to you today. I've been with God. I'm echoing the voice of God. What do you need to do? I just need to receive and say, okay, God, I'm going to dedicate. I'm going to eliminate these things. I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to move forward. And yes, God, I receive the challenge of the message today. Someone say, I do. I do. So today is the day to evaluate your worth. To prove to ourselves that we can help and make a difference in this life. That I'm earmarked. That I am selected. And that today is the day that I'm going to activate a plan for God. A plan to serve. A plan to volunteer. My title, Stop Acting Like You Live Twice. God is calling you. God is whispering in your ear. And I firmly believe as a pastor, not just this morning, because the purpose of this message is to confirm what God has already told you that you've been working with. I've come as a confirmation, a voice in the wilderness, that I don't need to motivate you right now. I need to motivate you to listen to the voice of God. You see, here's the mantra to which you can bring to the kingdom on earth. Simply three words. Wherever you serve, wherever you lean into, whatever skill set and resource and disciplines you have, when you bring that to the kingdom, the objective is simply three words. Make it better. I believe that you can help us make this better. I believe that you can help the ministries and the departments of this church become better when you step in and you step up and you begin to serve with your God-given talents. Say, well, Sunday's my only day off. Well, that's funny. Sunday's my biggest work day. But we figure out how to make it work during the week, do we not? Is it possible that my contribution to the marketplace, my commute, is a burden, but if I serve the local community of the church, that God would lighten my load in my spirit, my mind, my health, my tiredness. 
is it possible if I commit to God that my current schedule of chaos gets some calmness spoken into it? What did he say? He stepped on there and said, peace be still. You see, the water didn't go away. The boat didn't go away. The atmosphere in which they were living calmed. What if God spoke into your commute and you're back and forth on the 91? Hour, hour and 20 each day. San Diego, Riverside, OC, North LA, Coachella Valley. And that chaotic commute and the pressure at work and the co-worker or the boss that just won't let it go. And you find yourself constantly under in turmoil. What if you committed to God and the things of God and he spoke into your life, peace be still. Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if I reach back into the gospels and I pull it forward 2,000 years, do you not think God can do the same thing? The answer is yes. But nowhere in my 22 years of pastoring or reading and searching and, re- and researching and pondering do I find that God does these things when I contribute nothing. Do your research miracles in the Bible. People had a need and they tried to do something to fix their need. Example after example after example where people came to God, came around God, got a word. Nowhere do I have I ever read a story that Jesus is walking through Galilee. Hey, what's going on, boss? I got to knock on this door because there's a little boy in here that needs me. I've never read those stories. He's capable. He can. It wouldn't even wow me because he's God. But is there an application or a principle here that if I'm going to be healed, if I'm going to be changed, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to be fulfilled, then maybe I need to go towards God. And we sing the song years ago as a kid, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That sings great, but how many of us lean into it with action? Hmm. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm just trying to push you back up against Calvary. Well, you're hurting my back when you push me. Well, then stand up and walk, and I won't push you. That's what we do to our kids, right? You're hurting my arm. You're dragging me. Well, walk on your own two feet. I won't touch your arm. That's how we parent. Oh, can't pastor that way. It hurts someone's feelings. This is America. Everybody gets offended. But what if I leave you short of Calvary and you continue to live in your own chaos and you never hear the words, peace be still? If you knew that would bring peace to your life and I pushed you to Calvary, you would thank me. Well, man, I'm glad he kind of ruffled my feathers. Life is way more peaceful now. I thought I, li- I, thought I got to live twice. I was powerful. And God's simply saying in my message this morning, who's going to help change the 80-20 rule? Who's going to help crush the vital few principle? And here's what I know. That 
the more you look around, you realize, hey, they really got this working good, don't they? But what is the old adage, many hands make light work? Oh, yeah, you know why? Because the 20% are dedicated, committed. And they'll work all night to vacuum this church if they had to. They'll work all night straightening chairs so when you get here, you can enjoy a nice service with God. But do you ever wonder who does all the work? This isn't Disneyland. We don't sprinkle pixie dust and come back and, whoo, the the church was painted this week. What'd you do, Pastor? I just did a little, I bought some pixie dust at downtown Disney and it really works. (laughs) I threw it in the doors. I went home, came back seven days later and voila. Wow. And they even knew the right, I don't know how the pixie dust knows the right color to paint on the walls. But you notice last Sunday, the walls were brown on the sides and burgundy in the back. And you notice if you were part of the guys last Sunday, we had to move all the chairs on the inside so the pixie dust could paint around the edges. And if you notice when you came back, the chairs were all where they were when we took them apart last week. And the pixie, I'm serious, you should try this at home. Man, if your house is a mess, in your teenager's bedroom, put a little pixie dust in there. And it's going to be like on, on like all those house flips that you go, whoa. <sighs> Not really. But here, my friend, God's calling you to serve. God's calling you to volunteer. And I'm confident. I believe Pastor Mark might have mentioned or someone this... Saturday is what we call next steps, 9 o'clock at the church. To the left or right of you should be a piece of paper that looks like this. If you're able to grab that piece of paper, let me talk to you about it for a moment. You see, the purpose of this paper is to help you identify your giftedness, your skill set, your discipline. And like anything on the job, to do anything on the list, there are certifications. Okay, This Saturday, we're certifying people that can work off some of these items. Secular world with the certifications. The certs, they would call them. Hey, I'm certified too. And that's why this coming Saturday is important. If you've never gone through next steps, I'm telling you as a pastor, please do me personally a favor if you don't even do it for God. It's better to get it the other way around. You do it for God and I'm happy. If you've not gone through next steps, 9 to 2, 233, a short little seminar of qualifications to certify you for items on the list. There's items on the list that need another layer of certification. I'm not here to preach that right now, but I'm here to preach that, you know what? Remember, you don't live twice. What I'm going to ask us to do, if you've not signed up for next steps and my message and God spoke to you, and I hope he did, that you would be here this Saturday 
at 9 o'clock. I will be giving my backstory on how I came to Temecula and why I left the secular world. I will give my personal testimony. I left the marketplace to be in ministry. Why? Because God has called me to do something and to make a difference. You say, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not interested in that conversation. No, but you're part of the kingdom of God. There are entry points on that piece of paper that after Saturday you will be certified for. And God's simply saying, hey, come on. Let me go back to another parable where he said the harvest is plenteous. But what did he say? The laborers, the volunteers, the workers are what? Somebody? Few. I think the Pareto principle stole that from the Jesus principle. The laborers are few. The harvest. Hey, the task is 80%. I only got 20% of the workers. How are we going to do this? 2022 is the same. Why? Because we're working with people and schedules. I'm trying to crush the philosophy of the vital few. Never give life to it again. Here's what I want you to do. Maybe I didn't think it far enough in advance, but get a pen, borrow somebody. Ushers, maybe help me connect table. I dropped the ball on the pins, but maybe there's a lady sitting next to you with a purse that has a pin. Maybe you're one of them. This is what I want us to do, okay? I'll let them get pins, so we'll slow down a minute because I want to make sure, I want to make sure we nail this and get it right. If you're not serving in those, anything on this list is your skill set, your interest, your discipline. I want you to check it. If you're already serving and you see, you see this composite list and you see some, hey, I like to do that too. They're what I call super servers. I'm preaching to some super servers. I call them high capacity leaders. Your paper ought to be all marked up. If you're like me, just write on there, A-L-L circle, all of them. I'm too lazy to check them. Call me. I can do it all. I want you to mark your paper up, and then I'm going to tell you what we're going to do with the paper. Again, we're working in the kingdom. We're serving. We're volunteering. We're bringing value to the kingdom and self-worth to me on this side of heaven. The house of God ought to be the greatest house this side of heaven until we're raptured home. Anybody need a pen? Anybody need a piece of paper? Okay, let me talk to you for a minute. Everybody's got a pen. I want you to sign in, sign up. What's the mantra? Make it better. I can do this. Elevate youth. See anything on the wall you like? Yeah? Okay. Hey, that's your little smiley face needs to be out there with your dad's smiley face. Huh? How about next Sunday? What you think? Are you ready to sign up? Okay.
All right. Let me tell you one story about Zig Ziglar. He was a motivational speaker from Dallas, Texas, and the corporate world was amazing. At one of his seminars, he told this story. He said there was an employment agency that was hiring. A young man gets there, and the line is blocks. He steps out of the line a little bit, and he looks up there, and he, what we would call like HR tables, human resources. Four and five people up at the front of the table, and the line's back here, and the line is just blocks long. And he said the young man gets out of the line, goes up to the HR table, and does this. Don't hire anybody until you talk to me. Goes back and gets in line. And they hired him on the spot. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm simply saying your spirit ought to be, hey, don't fill that position until you talk to me. I know a lot of people are going to checkbox this. But do not reach out to them until you talk to me. Why are you saying that? Because I can make that better. You see, no one's ever asked me till today. And I'm happy to serve, and I get it. And I'm honored. Thank you for asking, sir. Don't talk to nobody till you talk to me. If you've not been the next step, Brother and Sister Savage, if you, would you stand? Where are you in the house? Okay, Brother Savage. Okay, his wife, Sister Savage, is at the connect table. I'm going to tell you what to do with the paper, but in, if you've not been through Next Steps, go to the Connect table and tell her, sign me up for Saturday. Okay, he's already mentioned, we got child care, we have lunch. I'm going to tell you my backstory, how I came out of the marketplace with an incredible career. I regret zero. Why? Because I don't live twice. It's going to talk about our core values. It's going to give you a spiritual aptitude test. And there's going to be a little job fair of sorts afterwards to where you can validate and activate your paper today that you turn in. Please do me a favor. Make sure the top three lines are filled out so we can communicate with you, okay? Don't just check box and turn in blanks. I'm going to ask the Holy Ghost to give me the discerning of the Spirit. And I'll, I'll find you. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I will find you. We can leave God at it if you'll just put your name on it. Okay, I'm going to pray for us, and this is what I want you to do with your paper. Again, if you're serving already and you notice something, hey, I can bring value in that area. I can make that better. Sign up. Then I'm going to ask you in a moment after I conclude with my prayer, just lay your paper on the altar, and this will signify that I'm laying it at the foot of Calvary. It's an outward manifestation of I'm serious. We'll just lay it anywhere on, this, on the black carpet up here. Our staff will take these tomorrow, Tuesday. They'll communicate with you. Maybe you could help us speed it up. If you need next steps, just put in big initials on their NS, next steps, and we'll know. If you do that, you can bypass the connect table. Next steps. The savages will call you Monday. They'll get you dialed in. It's easy. But you've got to dedicate.
You got to evaluate. You have to eliminate some things. And God's going to bless us, and He's going to bless you, and He's going to bless this church. That's the best of every world that I've ever lived in, my friend. Come on. Let's stand if you're able to stand with me this morning. I'm going to pray a prophetic prayer over you and you, your volunteerism. And when I'm concluded with my prayer, the praise team will lead us into another set of worship. But I want you just to put your paper on the black carpet up here anywhere. And then your commitment for the day is satisfied. And I promise you, listen to me. Okay, I know they're coming up, so I want you to look at me. I'm telling you as a pastor prophetically. Once your marketplace skill set is offered to God, to the ministry kingdom, God will speak peace into those tumultuous areas of your life that stress you and pressure you. I'm positive. I could give you examples of people standing here. I won't even pull them out, but it's true, my friend. I'm not just making that up. There are people among us that will say he's telling the truth. How do you work, do a commute, and do that much for God? Don't feel like that much. I live in peace. You still do a commute? Yeah. But it's not chaotic anymore. Does that coworker still bug you? Coworker's still there, but they don't bug me no more. God fixed it. He mitigated my irritation. When did all this happen? When I committed to God. You know what? God committed to me. Funny how that works, isn't it? No, not really. So let me pray. I'm going to ask you to bring your papers up. Heavenly Father, I pray that the spirit of servanthood, the power of volunteerism and the second mile, God, would descend from a prayer from heaven, touch and prick hearts. I pray that you would order the steps, God, as these papers come forward in a moment. Every paper that's laid on this black carpet on on the stage, that you will honor them. And that we will be a good steward and we will shepherd the resources of the papers, God. And at the end of the week and the end of the month, you will be very proud of this church and the people, God, of this city. I ask you to lean into us as we lean into you. Bless every person. Bless every paper, every mind, soul, and spirit. Bless them in the marketplace. Bless them in the ministry. I command it and I expect it with apostolic ministry. I speak these things in Jesus' name. If you receive it, shout amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.